What's going on, everybody? This is another episode of Only by Faith. I'm your host, Stefan Brown. And today is going to be a special episode. Um, I got my good friend here with me. We're going to talk about what it's like being black in America. Um, basically, just touching on events that's transpiring right now, where you are in your city, in your state, and how it may be affecting you. And like, basically, what's to come after all of this is happening? Like, what's the real situation at hand and what's the real results that we can expect to happen um so without further ado i'm introduce my guest his name is jonathan cook my friend we met in college became roommates and i gained a brother for life through that situation it was a dope experience um so without further ado jonathan cook what's up bro what's up man what's up steph man appreciate you having me on bro appreciate the introduction man for real like fam, no but um, yeah, everybody. My name is Jonathan Cook, as Steph said. Um, I'm this is an honor and a privilege to be on this show because, like, just being a black man and hearing all these everybody else talking, it's good to get two young African American men talk talk about this topic and um, not get caught up in what's going on, but really speak what's on our mind and our hearts. And just coming from just being fathers and also being husbands, this is a great topic to speak of. I'm honored to be a part of it. Exactly, bet, bro. So we're just gonna. This episode isn't gonna be like a normal interview or like a normal podcast with two different people. This episode is just a genuine, ground level zero conversation about how we feel and what we have experienced and what we see, and how are we like translating that in the head, taking it all in, um, because. This statement, being black in America, that's a that's a very strong and heavy statement. Um, no matter who you are, man, woman, boy, girl, if your skin tone is darker than, um, I hate to use this, but the next white person I, in line, you yeah, you got to rip these bandages off. Right. Um, yeah. You're automatically seen as like, a threat or like the opposition or mm. considered to feel like you're less than but that's what we're talking about today we're trying to make sure that right. all of those are buried like just basically trying to uplift everybody like you know right. you're not less than if you're out there protesting you're not right. seeing our eyes as like a rioter or like a bad person right. although the media is trying to paint everybody that way right. um we know being black and um Fighting the same fight that everybody else is, that's in our situation, in our skin. Um, we're 100% with you guys. Right. So, and, to, uh, and to your point, Steph, man, I just wanted to also add on that with this podcast and with this topic today, we, what, we, me and Steph and, what Steph and I are trying to not to do is offend anybody. We're not trying to paint any any side, anybody as being bad. Because right. like myself, I'm sure Steph, he's came across a lot of good, kind-hearted people who weren't black. Who, exactly. And also, we, it's opposite. Everybody's opposite. Everybody's different. But what this podcast is giving, like Steph said, hope, and we giving, we actually painting the actual picture of what it means to be a black man, and not even just man being black in general in America, which is also something I was thinking about. Just having to say that in itself is kind of sad. It, it's not. It can't yeah. be being a person in America or right. being an individual in America, a man or woman in America. We always have to say before anything being black in America and that itself having to explain that having to 
you know, talk about that and over and over again, which we've been talking about for years, is mm-hmm. kind of in a reason why people could be out there doing what they're doing, saying what they're saying, acting how they're acting. Because sometimes talking, it, it gets, you know, redundant and it gets irritating. Exactly. So we have to do action. So I just wanted to say that. But go ahead, bro. That's a fact. I feel like. I know we're both like bouncing back and forth with that one statement, but having to say that, like you said, it shouldn't be a thing. Like having to say that, oh, why is this police officer getting tried for killing a black man? Like that shouldn't have to be a thing. Like exactly. murder is murder. Whoever commits yeah. it should pay the punishment. Um, it's, it's crazy how you brought that up, bro, because like yeah. before this even happened, I was as I was scrolling through social media and scrolling to my newsfeed. I think it was either my mom or my wife shared with me that somebody actually leaked saying that um the gentleman who died, rest in peace, he had a criminal record. They were just showing all this stuff he did, criminalizing him, saying, "Oh, he was wanted for this. He was he did aggravated assault, hit somebody, yeah. did that in the third. And that's another thing I wanted to touch on. You know, it's about being black and American. Anybody who's murdered or beat on or anything that's against the law for one, it doesn't matter who that person is, what that person has done, that a, a life was lost. A husband, a father, a son, a friend was lost. Your brother, yeah, brother right? Like that yeah. person was lost. So what they've done in the past doesn't define them being mm-hmm. killed unjustifiably. If somebody, mm-hmm. like, the, it doesn't matter if you did something in your past, that doesn't define who you are today that also shouldn't define you being murdered in cold blood for no reason and that's another thing about being a black man in america it's like when you go outside your home you never know what could happen to you possibly but just the fact that if something does happen to you it people will make up a reason why it happened to you exactly if we clearly see like in the videos of what happened to that man he wasn't fighting nobody back he wasn't hurting nobody he wasn't doing nothing if he was put over him being killed what he did in the past didn't just find being killed that day. Exactly. Nothing ever does. If that man was, if he had a criminal history, he should he should have either been in, had that should have been taken up in the court system, or yeah. if it was and he was exonerated from that, that doesn't justify him being murdered. And that's another thing that should weigh on a lot of people's minds when you think about people being justified be killed for no reason. And right. That's something I feel like as young black men we deal with every day. Every single day, bro. Yeah. Just the. The thought, I won't even say fear, but just the thought of like going outside and taking a run, um, right. having a hoodie on, which we know is counted against us now, um, right. having a hoodie on or like dressed in all black in right. a particular neighborhood could make us a target and we have to like. Right. Not really walk on eggshells, but we have to like be conscious and courteous of like. Where we're going and who we're going there with, we have to be aware of everything twenty four seven, hyper hypersensitive to what's right. going on around us. Not even based off our character, but based off like something that we personally have no control of, which is the color right. of our, like you were saying. And yeah, I was talking again to my wife about that. Um, it's just a simple fact, like you did say walking on eggshells, but it, sometimes it feels like that, man. It's just like. Exactly. We don't know, like I was talking about this too, like we don't know what we can say or how we can act. It's like when people go out, you have, you see how other races can conduct themselves, how right. they can see a certain person of a different color 
get mad at the police, yell at them, get, get mad at certain things, yell at them. Either something doesn't happen or what does happen to them is like it's it's a smooth process, a smoother process right. when they're just hauled off away and everything's good. But as a black man or a black man or woman, what have you, if we get out of character out of our pocket, we're deemed that as the angry black person. We're deemed as violent. Right. We're deemed as yo, they gotta go to jail. Even it, if like you yeah. know, like we're not allowed to have a bad day. You know? Exactly. Allowed to you know be like we feel this way. Why are y'all doing this to us? Why why is it, why am I being treated like this? And the simple fact of we have to carry that on top of other things. Like you see other races, I'm not I'm not judging nobody. I'm not saying anybody's problems are different because everybody has their own problems. But as a black right. person, we gotta take a lot of stuff on the chin and not actually say how we're feeling. So mm-hmm. Not only do we have to deal with, you know, being a black man, raising a family, making sure our family is safe, making sure things are taken care of in the household, making yeah. sure, you know, all this other stuff, like our other families, if we're having problems with our, you know, our, family, our parents' health or anything like that, we have to deal with that on top of going outside of our homes and not being viewed as a threat when we're trying to dress ourselves up, like, you know, going to school, learn how to speak the right way, how to dress the mm-hmm. right way and all these things, but yet, we can be the most successful anything and still be looked at as a criminal or or right. a threat. Like my, I saw this video today too of a black man, FBI agent, mind his own business, getting arrested. This man right. is FBI, yeah. getting falsely arrested for nothing, just being somewhere. And even when the people found out he was an FBI agent, they 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 didn't really show any remorse. They were they were like, oh, that cost a lot job, but it's like. Right. As a black man, we don't we don't get that respect off back that most people are born with. At all, yeah. What we do, and, and I, I, I like. No, I'm sorry, not to cut you off. Keep going. But like that's a that's a scary fact, especially you know raising children, and you know, just being a man in general is like, I can do all this stuff, but a man who doesn't have, he didn't go through the half of what I've been through, or didn't face half the adversity I faced can decide in an instant if I'm guilty or innocent. Right. You know, yeah, and I feel like that's another reason why a lot of people are going about this because they're out here trying to say the things that people overlook every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fact. Uh it's two points that you that you brought up that reminded me of something. Okay. Um the first one that I wanted to mention uh was I remember as a kid um, growing up with my mom, single parent home, um, every time we would go out like to a restaurant or like go out to some type of function that would be in public, maybe even a grocery store, not not even anything like um, important, but just something as simple as going to the grocery store. Uh, I would hear her say things to me and my brother and my sister um, along the lines of, all right, when we get in here, don't touch nothing. Or, all right, when we get in here, don't be yelling. Don't be running around. Don't be acting crazy. Right. Uh, and at the time, I didn't really understand it. But um, like you said, now growing up, um, getting ready to raise my own family and having friends who are raising their kids and raising their families and whatnot, um, and experiencing the things that we have as being black in America, I understand mm-hmm. that now because it's like, okay, if we go in here and we touch stuff, somebody might think we're stealing. Or if we're going here and we're yelling aloud, somebody might deem us ghetto, ignorant, no home training and things like that. Um, And that's like a very sad thing to say. Um, And to come like, not even 
what's the word? We come to a realization that we have to like be raised that way and raise our kids that way in order to like be even treated with the slightest dignity and respect. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Before you move on from that topic, do you actually like brought up something I was gonna talk about, but I'm gonna talk about it later, I'm gonna talk about it now is mm-hmm. like I'm not sure if I'm pretty sure everybody saw the Central Park Five movie. I don't know if you've seen it yet or anybody else. Right. I know it's a hard watch. But watching that movie and like I was just comparing in my mind, like even through T V or movies, we see a difference in t- between being a young black individual and being a young individual of another race, of another color. Mm-hmm. When when I watched that movie, and I, cause I'm I'm a movie buff, I'm a TV buff, so I watched that movie, and I watched like episodes of CSI and stuff like that. Right. So, understanding that story and how we have these young men who were just being kids, man, just going out having fun, like we, I, you and I do, we've done it all the time. They mm-hmm. were in a wrong place, wrong time. Granted, right. but they were looked at as not only guilty. But they was looked at as adults. Like they was looked at as grotesque right. monsters. Right. Like people, everybody hated these kids. Everybody thought these kids did it, even without the shred bit of proof. Everything didn't yeah. even add up. Times didn't add up. Any nothing added up in that case. But these mm-hmm. kids were still thrown away for years. Time they never get back. Right. Therapy, all that stuff. But right. when I watch shows like CSI and I see kids of other races actually do stuff like actually do a crime stuff adds up all this but they're still given a trial they're still given a fair shake there's sometimes they even get away with it sometimes they don't even get the sentence they deserve even in real life it's happening i mean both both situations it happens in real life but it's the fact of our young some of our young black children and are not given a chance to actually be kids you know yeah that chance okay kids will be kids you know boys will be boys situation we don't have that. We like you say like, your mom. Your mom. Or my mom had to say the same thing with me. When we, like went to certain places. Don't act a certain way. Don't don't carry yourself a certain way. Put, make sure your pants is pulled up. Don't mm-hmm. don't talk like when you talk with somebody. You talk with them in a certain way, a certain tone. But mm-hmm. other people don't have that conversation with their kids. Certain exactly. kids get. I see. Like working at Target, you know, kids run through that wilding, like screaming, mm-hmm. knocking yeah. stuff down, doing all. Yeah. That. Being like what I'm saying, being kids, because again, they're a child. But right. it's a simple fact of we have that talk with our kids because we know what can happen to them. Other people mm-hmm. don't have to talk with their kids because nine times ten, they won't be in that same situation. Exactly, they'll be able to you know slap on the wrist, go on, you know. Okay. But yeah. that is like another it's another sad fact about you know being an African American man. Mm-hmm. But what is good though, like I know you say you had like some run-ins, but like. I remember growing up, like with my pops, we went to the store one time and it was a man, I think there, he thought I was in the military. I was in, I don't even know if I was in high school yet. But yeah, I was, I was like probably like a sophomore, junior. I think he thought I was in the military. And I think he, they, cause I, they, they checked people in the military for how they dress and stuff like that. But he like came at me a crazy way. Like, yeah. why you, what you, this isn't there. I don't remember where, verbatim what he said, but like seeing like my dad step up and be like that person of like yo my son this this is not that don't talk to my child like that right yeah like seeing that but in certain chances a lot of uh young black men don't get to see that mm-hmm. and people yeah. are judging them like that man it's like we're judging our like people off not you know 
having that person that you can look up to and not right. know, knowing that and not giving us that benefit of the doubt. But we have people who are raised and like other people who are raised with their fathers and stuff like that, but they still out here like doing crazy things and like kind of being somewhat menaces, then but they're not getting that label, which is another, I think, a statement yeah. to us being young black men, we just throwing that title for not even like not even knowing our background, or not even knowing we we up we're up against. For sure. Um, I feel like that that's like the whole I don't even know how to say it, but I watched a video the other day um, of this white police officer who, I said it in my story, but um, who, like, broke it down mm-hmm. in a way that, like, pe- people um, in general could understand about how, like, we as Black people um, are basically deemed a threat, not even as soon as we're born, basically. like. Right. He was basically saying like, oh, um, he had a comparison like in the Bible days about how they was um, how the Pharaoh had um, gave out a decree and a law to kill all babies. Um, right. Basically, I was outnumbering them and mm-hmm. he was like basically comparing that to what's going on now with like the mm-hmm. police killings of black people, which is mm-hmm. because he was saying that uh, since we don't got a black man as a president and since. Mm-hmm women are stepping up women are considered minorities and he was saying like since women are stepping up and like running for office he didn't really put a name but i'm pretty sure he's talking about hillary clinton um who got a real chance at like being elected and things like that um mm-hmm. we are now seeing like it's more of a target because we're slowly outnumbering white people and mm-hmm. um we're slowly um realizing like the power that we as black men and women have to um, reach our full potential in a sense. Like right. as far as I, what, what I think and what I feel mm-hmm. is, um, is what will help push our communities um, forward worldwide, basically. But what, what I feel like will help us move forward is if we see more of us in their positions, like mm-hmm. we've seen Barack as a president. So that might have sparked something in the kid, like, okay, I can run it for and be president too. Let me study harder in school. All right. And we see more black college graduates and we see more black doctors and we see more black police officers, um, right. which I feel like that'll be kind of a hard thing because police officers have given themselves um, a bad name or the bad police officers have given all police officers a bad name in the black yeah. community, as we all know. I'm not saying that all police officers are bad, but we know that it's a bad um, bunch. So um, having said that, I feel like if we as a people um, could move forward and break away from that stigma and uh, motivate our kids and the younger generation that's coming up to try to step up and fulfill those offices, that's how I feel like like penetrate and cause like a real actual change um, that we like in our age group may not be able to see, but like mm-hmm. our kids and grandkids and grand grandkids could see in the future for them to have like a better life. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, man. I just, I honestly think our children do need to see that. Mm-hmm. But I also think what the best thing for us to do as a community is right. to realize that the power is not, can be given to us. It has to be 
you know, and I'm not saying necessarily take it, but I'm saying necessarily be accountable for the choices we make and move okay. one and not try to, you know, think that the world's picture of perfection is the only thing that's out there for us, mm-hmm. but that we can create our own and we have we have the power and the ability to. It's just like we have to come together and not, you know, like we have those of us, you know, kind of feel like we're against each other. We gotta compete, but as, as yeah. soon as we realize we're not our we're not our enemy, right? We're not we're not the ones that's trying to you know tear like stop us and tear each other down. But we just gotta be on one accord. And I mm-hmm. think it's definitely yeah. like with this generation coming up. I think it's definitely in us to do it because we've seen the effects of everything that our grandparents, our great, our grandparents, our great grandparents fought for. And we're starting to see more positive things. Like we're starting to see more depictions of African-American people doing good things. Like, like I was saying, I watched the movie, The Bankers. Like, Mm -hmm. don't give me, don't quote me on it, but I know Samuel Jackson was in the movie and I gotta, I should have researched the names of the gentleman who did these, but these two gentlemen were both big real estate um men in the time around the 60s and they bought some of the biggest buildings in LA and even bought a bank in Alabama which was heard of but the way they did it was so smart they worked together and they worked with somebody you know who they at the time wouldn't have worked with black people you know Mm -hmm. white man but I just feel also like especially with the school system that is a touchy subject with me too because when like I saw a few articles and stuff and I saw through a few posts some men and I, I don't know if it was a woman, but I know I saw a post of a man who actually mocked the killing of the gentleman who just died. Mm. So he was mocking it. And these these are this is a man who probably taught young African American children. Right. So yeah. if I'm not saying all teachers are like this, I'm saying I had a, amazing white teachers in high school and, and everything growing up that actually looked out. But what about the ones who don't have our children's best interests in heart? who don't mm-hmm. care if they learn it and they're just mm-hmm. going to pass them and not really care about them. But right. I think the best things for our children is like you say, for to teach them that there, there are other avenues out there for them other than, you know, sports and right. You know, rapping, singing and everything like that. No offense, but exactly. I just feel like it's yeah. other ways for our children to excel and mm-hmm. build up our communities. And also I think our children, people who are successful and who do make it should definitely give yeah. back to our children to make sure they have that example because i know like a lot of people who you know white people any other race they come back and give back to the children they teach something to them exactly but like i say it's always like other people who kind of like shy away from that and stem away from it but i just feel like if we hold to that we wouldn't i'm saying we wouldn't have some issues but we'll definitely far better off and you know, raising that next generation to know, like, to have that self-worth and that self-confidence as a young Black child. Mm-hmm. Because through, like, you know, you and I, the only thing we learned about, you know, our history was slavery, pretty much. Exactly, that's yeah. All, I, that's all I knew. That's all I learned in school. I mm. didn't know like, certain things about we had, you know, tough love at home and things like that. Black people building towns, Black people having thriving businesses, owning right. stuff my eyes you know if you make it you do like military you do sports yeah. you do music you do something mm-hmm. like that i ain't know nothing about owning no business working as you know doing tech work stuff like that i ain't know exactly but yeah. i feel like if our children understand that 
it'll be it'll be really good. Really. Exactly. And yeah. I feel like to like basically speak on all of that what you were just saying, um, I think that change, like you said, or like you said before, I think that change is gonna happen like with our generation. Um, basically seeing like different basically having conversations with friends of mine and friends of friends. Um, just the idea of talking about like generational wealth. That was yeah. something I never heard of until like the past couple of years that has been introduced yeah. um into our our like circle basically. So yeah. basically planting those seeds and um having the idea of okay, yeah, I'm reaching back to my community, like you were saying. I feel yeah. like us as a at the age group that we're in now, we will yeah. be able to do that in our kids and give them a better shot than we had at the time in a sense. Because uh, like you said, growing up, I never knew about a black banker who owned his own bank or mm-hmm. I never knew or heard basically of um, black successful businessmen or women who wasn't like in the entertainment industry. Right. So growing up, we knew of Jay-Z, we knew of P. Diddy, we knew of all those moguls who made their name in rap music um, who had a similar story to us. So I feel like that's why so many black kids want to be a rapper and gravitate towards that because they see, okay, this man made it and he has this much success and this amount of money. That's mm-hmm. a pinnacle that I want to reach. Um, mm-hmm. But like we were saying, there's other ways to get there. Like not every black kid has to try to be the next Michael Jordan in a sense. You know what right. I'm saying? There's right. different avenues, like you said, with you going into tech and me going into fashion. Like those two areas, um, as far as me growing up, I never heard of um, or experienced it. Like, obviously, I knew of it because somebody had to make clothes and somebody had to do the advancements in technology. But I right. never heard of, like black people going into those areas right. or going to school for it and having a successful career. Um, to me, if you was black, um, I, w- I would say up until like the age of 10. I thought you either worked at Walmart, um, mm-hmm. you was a nurse, perhaps, mm-hmm. or like you worked at grocery stores. Um, mm-hmm. When I thought of rich, um, I automatically thought white, right? Right. right. And um, that's because, right. like you said, in school, what they teach us is basically mm-hmm. not like an accurate representation of history. And I feel like that's something over the past couple of years that has been. Um, dug up in a sense for lack of a better term right. um i had a amazing history teacher in high school who yeah. taught everything that we needed to know but actually yeah. went a mile further to be like okay you've learned all this your past couple of years but this is what else you should have known in a sense yeah. um i feel like once we change that as well, like the school system is a failing system already. Like everybody knows right. that. Right. But uh, once we're able to acknowledge the history, like the actual history of how America was built and the backs that it was built on and the people that were needed in order to mm-hmm. build it, I feel like we'll just be running in circles or running on a treadmill, not going anywhere. Exactly. Um, because our, our influence and our um culture on the history um without us basically there would be no america exactly 
You know, uh, you know. And pretty much going back to what you said about school, it starts there because it does take a, pro- a professor, a teacher to show interest and show that they care and our children for them to thrive. But also it takes, like for me, instance, before like knowing history, I didn't really know much, like I say about, you know, the slaveries and what I did learn about this stuff, it was like painting, you know, white people in that that sense of they were the rulers, they were the kings, they were the queens, they were the, you yeah. know, the, the discoveries of, you know, America, do all that amazing stuff. And then when I see my people, I don't, you know, I don't know about no writers, no painters, no exactly. engineers, no doctors, no lawyers, when it's a lot. Like, I remember, right. like, a few years ago, I came across an Instagram post, like, every time I see it, but it's like, this African-American invented this certain thing, like, that certain thing. I was like, yeah. I didn't know yeah. nothing about this, like, yeah. growing up. And then, like, it it took, like, a, a African-American teacher at my school who everybody thought was weird. Like everybody, I like it was a time I didn't like listen. So I was like, is she crazy? I don't know. And I actually had a conversation with her, and yeah. not only she's a very intellectual woman, she put me on to like the first like part, black um poet I like heard about at the time, Langston Hughes. She actually bought yeah. me gave me a book on Langston Hughes, and I expressed how I was interested in HBCUs, and she gave me more information about them. So right. it's just that fact of reaching out to somebody and just listening to them. And not listening also what everybody else is saying, and but yeah, man, it's, it's it's a lot that goes into like our thought process as children and what we're kind of engineered and totally know. The kind of um, I'm not gonna say brainwash, but that what we see that means a lot. Right. Yeah. It's like as a young black kid, I feel like once you before you actually go into the school system as a young black kid, I feel like you have more confident in being who you are like because the only thing you see you see your parents you see your uncles your aunt and mm-hmm. everybody you come out probably like, oh this is where i come from these are my people oh this right. is amazing I'm, I'm amazing and then you go to school and then you learn this whole different thing like you know, I was people were slaves like yeah you, you were free you, and then after that you, you got oh, this is jim crow like you couldn't yeah. really go nowhere we had the worst of the worst and then exactly. bam after that the all my leaders, all the leaders that tried to say stuff like you got the Black Panther Party, you got Martin mm-hmm. Luther King, you got Malcolm X, you got all these Marcus Garvey, all these people who tried to speak on it, they died. They was exactly. either killed or deported, and or sent to jail. And then after that, you got systematic, you know, the whole jail system, three strikes laws. You got all this stuff to keep yeah. people down. And you like as a kid growing up seeing this, you like, man, what am I supposed to do? But Exactly. The wrong thing. Like, what? What can I do? Who am I? Like, you don't have no. You really don't know. Like, with I know certain people, they got like legacies. You got they can trace a lineage all the way to a different country. We yeah. can't do that. And like, yeah. some people think that's not that's not important, but it's very. It's really important to know it where you're from. It's, it's like so. Like, even though, like goes down to our names. Like, let's get mm-hmm. our real names. You know. So. Right. You know, it's a lot like people think like that psychological stuff isn't prevalent and relevant to how you are and how you function in society and how you function as a person but if you don't know where you come from or don't know your history you really like out here lost and trying to make a name you trying to make something work for you you trying to leave, make some mark in the world you trying to do something so right and like i feel like every time in history when you know we as a people tried to do something different tried to 
do the right thing, it was always shut down or stopped or deemed as illegal. Like, Mm -hmm. actually, I was reading an article the other day when these, um, right, I think around the time the coronavirus started, what happened in Michigan, I don't know if you know about that, but in Michigan, these white nationalists or whatever they call themselves stormed the um one of the democratic buildings in Michigan with guns, wow. rifles, high powered wow. rifles. Wow. Talking about they want the the ban because yeah the governor he had issued a state the stay at home rule like they had to stay at home curfew yeah. and yeah. they people weren't having it they went down there storming like this is against our rights we this, we want to go out while we're here and it's like. These people wasn't arrested. I don't know if any of these people was on the FBI most wanted list. Right. But yet, like back in the, you know, Black Panther days, they was fighting for real stuff. Like they was just one they was fighting for equality. They was fighting to be treated equally. They was fighting for proper schooling, healthcare, all of this stuff. Exactly, yeah. Like stuff that's prevalent. Mm-hmm. That they was like that was in public enemy number one. They they was on oh, J. Edgar Hoover's hit list, like. And most sure. of them people are either dead or in jail. Right, yeah. But that's another it. thing, like, going back to, you know, being a black man, when you get out of line or when you scream, when you yell, when you yelling for something, now I just want to be treated as a man. I want the same rights as the next man. I don't want more or less. I just want to be treated equally. I'm, yeah. I'm, I work just like you. I am raising a family just like you. I'm trying to make it just like you. But right. yeah, I got to get treated like a child or right. be treated like I'm not a man. And when right. I say something, you throw me in jail or you kill me. Right. And like that is a lot to take on. Like when you, when you a kid growing up in two different households, like you got a young black kid, you got a young white kid. Y'all growing up, y'all ain't. I'm not saying we don't fight the same battles. I'm not. I'm not like, like I say, don't want to disrespect nobody. Cause like I say, I don't know how everybody was raised, but we fighting two different races. We fighting two. We going. We going. Not fighting two different. We, we running two different races. You oh, know. Yeah, like, you know, we got these like starting at the back and they at the front, but every day you still trying to make it and they just coasting. Right, exactly. And, yeah. And that just goes back to just is that's another psychological thing we have to where we gotta we trying to, you know, get there, make it right everywhere, but we got, you know, police coming at us, even even our own people coming at us. We got media coming at us, we got Sure. Throwing rocks at the jail, just waking up in the morning sometimes coming at us. Mm-hmm. And then like everybody telling us, Oh, why are you so mad? Or right. oh, it's not that bad. Oh, that. make yeah. it work. Oh, pull yourself by it's not no. That is that is that anybody will buckle under that pressure. Anybody. For sure. And I want I like what you said a couple a couple of minutes, seconds ago. Uh when you was talking about us as black people, mm. you said, who am I? Mm. Like when you was talking about um, making a transition from being around our family all the time to going into public school and realizing all this stuff and getting, every, getting all this information thrown at you. You mm. said that come to a point where we're like, who am I? And when you said that, it sparked something in my head because it's like, we were and are stripped of our identity and mm-hmm. our names like you were saying and our whole like way of living we mm-hmm. were stripped of our identity so that's why we always come up to that question like who am i 
And when you said that, it brought me back to a couple of years ago. Um, I was like maybe in middle school, back in the high school. Um, I'm mixed. So not only am I black, I'm Puerto Rican and I'm Native American. So having my mom um, as the only parent with me, I got teased a lot. Oh, uh, oh you a mixed breed, da-da-da, this, you Oh, you're not black enough. Oh, are you, you know, these type of things. I got all this thrown at me. And Mm -hmm. I came to that question. Um, Even then, I was like, who really am I? And like you said, I couldn't look up, um, I couldn't look up my heritage or I couldn't look up my past ancestors because there was no records of them. Um, As far as I knew, it was just my mom, my grandma, and that was it. That's where my family tree stopped. Um, Obviously, I know there's more to it, but there was like no records that I could find at the time. And like you were saying, that's just another thing. That's another psychological thing. That's another mental thing that we have to bear as a black person in America. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you were saying, every kid get raised different in their household when they're growing up, black, white, Jew, um, whatever you may be, but I feel like, like you were saying, our placement in the race mm-hmm. is way off and it shouldn't be. Exactly. Once yeah. we all get to the same starting point, not even to the same place in life, but the same starting point, like before we even get here, mm-hmm. once we all realize, okay, we're in this together. We're the same person. We have the same um value as a human being um in society um that's why i feel like there would be actual change that could happen and going on and what's crazy that you mentioned that is i feel like these protests these riots these lootings how everybody want to label them i think this is the thing that is bring over everybody's eyes because Mm -hmm. i have friends back in cali good friends of mine you know white friends, man, real cool people that I met growing up. And they're act like they're posting about it. You know, I got people yeah. I knew from back home yeah. posting about it and everything. And they're there. They're on the ground floor seeing certain things. Right. I'm pretty sure it's like white people all over there seeing these things. And I feel like it's opening their eyes to, yo, this is unfair. This ain't right. Something gotta be done about this. And I'm oh, not yeah. saying I'm not hundred percent sure how everybody's thought process is. But I know those people who are on the ground floor, they're seeing this and they're experiencing it firsthand. So a black mm-hmm. woman, everybody getting tear gas, shot with little bullets, they're getting it too. And I'm not right. saying, nothing, it's not right, obviously, but the fact that they're there experiencing this, they get a taste and a feel for what African-Americans have been dealing with for years. For years. And yeah, like I say, like I can never, myself, I can never begin to fathom the situation everybody is in, that being said, to be tear gas, to be mace, to be mm-hmm. hit with rubber bullets, to right. even, even, even children out there that's getting, they getting like a dose yeah. of that tear gas and stuff. The children yeah. Are yeah. And I myself personally have never been in that situation, but again, also being a black man, we never know when we can, it's a possibility. Exactly. We, I walk out of my house every day, like head on the swivel. Yo, yeah, this it could happen to me. I could be pulled over and something bad could happen and go far left. Exactly. I could be stopped one day and something can go far left. Which, right. all glory to the most high, it hasn't happened. 
But as a black man, you always have to end that statement. It hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that I think as a black black man and a black person in general in America, it goes back to what you're saying. Like we have to realize it in our communities and get back to the sense of what we can and can't do in the in the amazement of being a black person. I feel like once we realize that, mm-hmm. not only is being a black person is scary. Like, don't get me wrong. It's it's, it's something yeah. terrifying sometimes. Just yeah. To see what happens on TV and some like it's been numerous cases where police have been killing black people and gotten away with it. It's been numerous case like examples of things that's been done to black people and nobody's come to our aid. Nobody's really stopped this and like say, yo, we gotta we gotta get together and figure out how to help and make sure this hasn't happened to these select yeah. group of people. But what also should like you know raise our chest out a little bit, make us make our head hold our head up is despite all that, despite the killings, despite the you know the lynchings, the the bad the trial the bad trials, black people right. being sent to jail for for being being innocent and all of this, we as a people always find a way to be triumphant in our own way. Right. For sure. Like even watching a show that Fifty Cent produced about the gentleman who went to jail for a wrongful conviction and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it wrong that that man went to jail? Yeah, but he became a lawyer. He got people off that exactly. innocent too. Exactly. Him himself got off of it being innocent. And other stories like about white people facing adversity, in some way they came out on top. So I feel right. like once we get in our head, despite no matter what's been thrown our way, what's been as the roadblocks we face, we always find a way to turn it into something better. You know, I feel like that is something that we need to be reminded of and we need to hear because I feel like just going to what we're facing in America, the whole dynamic, it's like us against the world, us against America. But I feel like once we get back to the place to where you know, we can do pretty much anything we set our mind to if we choose to, we can do a tremendous and great things. We're sure. gonna we're gonna look at this and be like, you know what, this is another robot we gotta get around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. That's exactly like because we don't let nothing keep us down, bro. Like exactly. as a black person, we know um what's ahead. We come out expecting, okay, this can happen to me today if I go outside or mm-hmm. if I have a run with the police. This is potentially the outcome of it, but we don't let that, like define who we are, or define how we carry about our day, or like define the life we live because mm-hmm. we know, as a people and as a collective group, I want to say that we know um, that we can overcome anything. Like we've right. endured the worst of the worst, we've right. seen the worst of the worst, um, whether we've seen it personally or through like our ancestors, our family members. Mm-hmm. But we're still here. And that's the thing that I think um, us as black people have that gives us not um, a boost making us equal with people, but giving us a boost and giving us the upper hand to know that, okay, if I just get knocked down now, I just get back up and try it again. Or if I get knocked down now, I can I can bounce back and do something different. Because yeah. we don't we don't have that in us to just be held down and suppressed. Um, we always find a way to bounce back, bro. And yeah. I find that like one of the most beautiful things about us as a people 
is that no matter what, like <laughs> you can always see us like smiling or like saying, right. if you if you ask a black person how their day going, they're not gonna be like, oh well, I had this problem, da da da. As somebody else may, we'll be like, you know what? We just we doing the best we can, or either like right. um, another day, another dollar, like that sort of type right. of thing. Um, right. I feel like those things has came, um, have have come about just by not like letting negativities um push us down and keep mm-hmm. us there. Um, and I did want to touch on like all the riots and everything and the protests well, sure. that you mentioned sure. earlier. Um, oh yeah. So I had something I wanted to say about that just now. You were in my mind, okay? Um, <laughs> For sure. I, I actually yesterday, man. Like I was thinking about, like, what can I compare? What what can be compared to? Around like, what analogy can be used? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, like you becoming a father. I'm a father now. But right. I was comparing to like, all right, say you got you know a little brother, little sister, cousin, daughter, son, whatever. As a child, yeah. they come up to you. They like they want your attention. They want to play. They want they, they want something. They want to go outside. Whatever may have you. Right. And you're busy. You talking to your wife. You doing something with doing something or whatever. And you're not really giving them that attention. So right. first time they come, second time they come asking, and then like the third time they're like, "Yo, I had it, bro." Like, right. As a kid, they start throwing temper tantrums. They start throwing their toys, knocking stuff down. And, yeah. And yeah, and but am I comparing this? You know, to our people, but I just feel like the people that are protesting, the people that are you know down there having their voices heard with the the blow, the mics and everything speaking. I feel like they're that child that was asking, you know, was asking like, "Yo, I I want this to stop. I want people to stop dying." Like you know, Colin Kaepernick, he was kneeling. You feel me? Like you had you had NBA players and stuff wearing T-shirts like on the highest levels of their profession you know you had you know certain artists saying stuff you had movie actors actresses saying right. things saying yeah. this needs to stop and i feel like black people have been saying this needs to stop for years now like for years. Saying, we just we just want to live we don't want to walk down the street and die we don't want to have we don't want to be driving to the store and my daughter yeah. can't see me no more we don't want to be that person yeah. but the simple fact of like I feel like every other race, like even like I heard something about, you know, when the first coronavirus happened, there's no offense to, you know, the Asian community or anything like that. But yeah. you know how everybody was saying, oh, this is just came from China. It's yeah. Asian, Asian people fault. People of Asian descent fault. Mm-hmm. And kids were bullying people that were right. Asian you know, talking about them. It was a hotline that if somebody called in and they found out you said something about an Asian person, you could be like arrested or something or right. get in trouble. But right. stuff like that but happened to us for years. And ain't nobody <laughs> called the police for us. Ain't nobody, yeah. you know, stopped us from, you know, getting killed in the street, lynched, beat, taken at young ages. Like Emmett Till was a child and was taken from his home for just supposedly whistling at a woman. Exactly. It's, it's been countless stories of young African American men get in trouble for just looking at a white person back in our right. um, back in the day. And to grow up now as a black man, no matter your background, no matter if your both your parents are in the house, no matter if y'all have money, it's always a point in your life where you can be seen as that black person or the person that did something wrong and you it don't matter your background, you can be go to jail, you can be killed. And sure. and I think I I take it back to myself, like, you know, 
growing up, military background, father, he he was, you know, always traveling. So sometimes it was me and mom. Mm-hmm. And I never, I'm not going to say I felt like, you know, I'm not saying, like, I'm not one of people say, oh, all of you bad, this, that, that. I, like I say, I got close friends who are white. I got, you know, my mom, one of my mom's close friends, and I call him, uh, he white, he cool. But yeah. I always knew it was a different dynamic where mm-hmm. I hung out with people who wasn't, you know, black or white, even going to houses. I knew yeah. at any time, like, if I get out of line, bro, it's a wrap. Like, if right. I, like, if I act a certain way, do something crazy, it's a wrap. Like, don't get it twisted. And mm. it's just the, that fact of walking around, bro, like, it, it, it's, it's crazy. It's a lot to carry on you as a young man, honestly. And truly. Mm. To know that at any given time, your freedom can be snatched. Your life can be snatched. You may never see your family again just because you're deemed as a threat. You're deemed Mm -hmm. as a weapon. Like, I ain't got no gun on me. I ain't got nothing. I reach for anything. Wrong move with a twitch. It's over. And then no justice will be served. But if I killed somebody or if I did something wrong, I'm I'm up the street so long. I ain't never be heard from again. And exactly. even if I were, forever by the grace of God, to make it out of that situation, come back to normal society, I'm still in prison. Because, like you say, hey, unless uh, the the statistic of a black man getting out, any man getting out of prison and becoming a regular member of society is fun to none. I, like I said, I thought that watching the Central Park Five movie. I mean, them in general that did it are glory to God, but it was hard at first. For sure. So, yeah. That's how. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about the, the riot thing. Not the riots, but the protesters and the protests. Right, because it's like you brought up some good points, bro. Because it's like when you was using that comparison analogy is for like the kid trying to get their parents' attention. Um, that's because we, as a people, as a collective, like um, I know a lot of people are going to say. Um, we're not from America, we're from Africa, da da da. Um, which is true. But because we are in America and because we we're born and raised here, we are quote unquote the children of America. So that's why all the protests and you see everybody out here like screaming, yelling, um, banding together, uh, whether it's a peaceful protest or whether it's a riot, that's because we are that agitated child trying to get the parents' attention. Like, hey, this shouldn't be going wrong. All right, hey, this needs to change. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not okay for you to kill a black person and think it's all right. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like you go about it, it's okay. Exactly. And it's like, I don't even know. But I feel like that comparison was, like, a very good one to, like, give, like, an explanation to somebody who's like, Oh wait, why am I? Why is it so many people out here rioting and looting and protesting? Like, and what's the And that's also saying something else that kind of irked me. You know, I'm not saying irked me, but kind of mm-hmm. under my skin about also being a black man. It's just like, no matter what we do or what's done to us, we always seem as the the culprit, the bad guys. For sure. Like it's like like I was saying earlier, like when the black person get killed, a criminal record come up, like. And Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin got killed. Oh, he was smoking weed. Right. But I got some white men that smoke weed like crazy. Like, I know exactly. people that smoke, so they smoke weed, that bad person. Like, I know somebody that smoke weed with me, but yeah, let me get some money, give me some food, like, look out for me. Like, they're a good person. Like, 
exactly. you don't make violent or just uh, it's like, like especially as a black man i feel like or a black person in general it's like nobody got it like nobody would look out for us mm-hmm. like, it's never like been somebody looking at us like yo like they really went through it i mean mm-hmm. we have people that, that do that but it's just like it's not the people that could take our lives away yeah like hey they we really need to you know show empathy for yeah these people it, yeah, man. It, it kind of you know raising a daughter, man. It's just sad. it scares me. Like I, I'm not yeah. saying like I'm just terrified, like, but yeah, the simple yeah. fact of being a black man, like I know, like when you see it, like when you, I like I, I know not for you yet because you, you know, still haven't came to the world yet. But mm-hmm. when you first like hold your child and you look into their eyes and everything, you just think like, yo, it's a blessing. But I want to be here to see my daughter grow up. Like I want to be exactly. there for her. And the fact of like the way the world is looking, we have to carry on our shoulders. Like it's a good chance. Like we'll walk out of our house and not make it back. Yeah, you know, yeah. like the the, the movie Fruitville Station. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure he was thinking the same thing. Like yeah. was, I'm gonna have a regular day, regular evening. I'm gonna wake up in the morning, take my daughter to school, and be what. But he was taken away from his daughter. Exactly. So, as a black man, we got to carry that on our on our minds as well but we still gotta you know go by the status quo and you know not ruffle feathers not hurt people not insult people not you know really scare people but it's hard not it's hard not to scare somebody when your skin is looked at as a threat exactly so question what do you think like is the real outcome of having all these protests and riots, like, what do you think is like the um, not necessarily the end goal because we all know the end goal is like equality right. and uh, freedom. But like, right. what do you think are the steps that we should ask for to be taken in a sense? Um, because now that we like got their attention, we got the um, parents' attention, quote unquote. Um, what do we as the people um? request and what what is something like that's actually tangible and that's like not too far-fetched to ask for because we know like obviously racism is something that you are learned that you are taught basically by um either subliminally or straight out for like and we can't change everybody's mindset but what are some of the things that you see happening as a result of all of this? Honestly, that's that's a rough question because it's like history's taught us that even when people, you know, do peaceful protests, people march, people, you know, ask for certain things, nine nine times out of ten doesn't always go in our favor. For sure. I mean, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But what I see kind of happening and what I hope happens and what I think we should ask for, you know, obviously the gentleman who did what he did should face some penalties mm-hmm. and be reprimanded for his actions. Mm-hmm. And what I think we should ask for, you know, is just an equal playing, and I'm saying an equal playing field, but just being able to be treated as equal. And everybody say, oh, y'all, we already treat as equal. It's not, nah, I really don't think everything is balanced like it should be yeah it's not and like you say it's, 
I think really it's hard to ask for something where you can't change the people's mindset. So sure. it don't matter. Like you can ask for anything, but as long as that mindset is there, it's never really gonna change that much. Like I like it's like you can, you know, be around a group of people you think your friends and they act like your friends. You have to be you know, treated fairly and they act like they do. People are good actors. At the end of the day, if they could, they'll turn on you in a blink of an eye. Right. So I just feel like as a community, as a people, we should get laws passed that benefit us. Mm-hmm. I think I think but that's something that has to be done as a collective, as yeah. a group. You mm-hmm. know, like how certain people like I don't wanna I don't know how. Uh like a, a certain group could mm-hmm. ask to be have laws passed that help them to do certain things that they want, you know. Yeah. Um, I just feel like as a black people, we have to come together and feel like what our demands are, what we want out from our government, and I feel like that should be a st- that'll be a step in the right direction. Because I feel mm-hmm. like again, do I think the protests are good? Yes, but I think a protest should be back with a plan and yeah. with a, uh, like a step-by-step what we want because going back to the analogy of a child screaming and being aggravated you can scream all you want sometimes but if you don't have you know like what do you want to do if you just screaming you just scream if i try to ask you yo do you want to go out and play you don't give me an answer i can't do nothing you know exactly yeah. or you know you want something you hungry I mean, not a baby, obviously, a baby can't tell you, but you're like a child that can speak, and you're not saying anything, you're just screaming at the top of your lungs, I don't know what to do to fix it. So I feel like, as a people, we need to figure out what do we want to actually happen. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we want the police to stop killing us. That, 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 that has to be happening. That has to be yeah. one of the things. We know that. That has to be one of the things. So that can be on the list, but I think it doesn't. It shouldn't stop there, obviously. Right. It should be more, but only we can understand that and kind of vocalize that verbalize it i'm sorry verbalize it uh but yeah i think and i think the outcome could be if we get you know unified and but the thing is what kind of kills it i think is the looting and not and and what really gets me about that too is it that the people that are looting aren't all african-american people and aren't all there for that reason like yeah. even if they are African American, they're not there. Like there's certain people that you go out there and ask them, "Why are y'all doing this?" They wouldn't be able to tell you. You know, right? That exactly. goes white or black. They they are just like, "Yo, it's op-, like they're opportunists out there. They're not mm. actually people out there yeah. with a clear mindset that like I'm doing this because black people keep getting killed, or we want something to change. We want equality and we want to be treated fairly like everybody else. So. I think that tarnishes everything, which has been the case for a lot of certain situations, for a lot of like other protests, like the riots and stuff like this. Like, it's people out there just want to be heard, but it's also people out there just trying to seize an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I've I've been seeing like posts on like social media through different like people that I follow, whether it's on my personal page or on on my brand page, Mm -hmm. um, of white people that's out there looting um running our stores with like bags full and hands full of right. things 
Um, right. And you can you can't really tell that they're not there for the event, but like someone we can look at them and be like, oh, okay, you stole this yeah. just for like personal gain, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something that's crazy because the media is. I I know they're not ignoring that. They're just not picking it up because I know right. that. But they're just like plastering as oh, black people are acting up. Um, yeah, and that's what also kind of hurts us too. We're always painting the picture of being, like I say, the criminal, the antagonist, the bad person. You know, yeah. that, what that's hurt us too because we don't have like stuff like that's why I commend you for this podcast, and I commend other people across who have their platforms and speaking out certain things and showing certain things because. If we can't control the narrative, it's always going to be written against us, you know. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. like, like how they say history is always written by the winners. Yeah. And as long as you're you're trying to paint an air of a person, you're all you're never going to show the good. You're always going to show the bad. You're going to show them doing something that deems them as it deems it as reasonable to hold them down. You know, like how mm-hmm. Jim Crow and stuff was, and how slavery was. Like, certain people didn't just go out and say, okay, we can make these people, you know, slaves, and we can make pass these laws on people. Science kind of backed it up saying they're inferior to exactly. the fact that we can do this to them because they're nothing more than an animal, their property. So as right. long as you have other people controlling your narrative and controlling how you're looked at, looked up on, you're always going to, you're never going to win an argument. It's like, like, if you have, like you have all the ammo against a person when you go into a debate, you have all these facts and I come unprepared and I come with a little bit of facts, but not everything. You're going to win the debate. Yeah. You're going to win every time because you yeah. have everything against me. You have, you have everything. So as long as the media keep painting us as this bad person, this villain, this looter, everything, the people who are speaking out positively, who are saying these good things and who need to be heard will be overshadowed. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was very well said. I feel like we're at this hour mark, and um, there's so much more for us to go into. That we might have to do a whole nother episode. That's even <laughs> um, better, because um, this is deeper than like what's actually going on. Like you were saying, um. History is written by the winners, and up until now, I would like to think now is the pivotal changing point, but up until now, uh, history has been written by white people. Um, You were saying we were seen scientifically as the inferior. So with that being said, other white people coming up and who's learning that they're going to like, oh, okay, I'm better than this guy. So I don't have to treat him the same. Or, and I feel like not even to like extend this episode any longer, but I just thought about it and we might need to touch on this on the next one. Um, that's also the, um, the back end of history that is taught in school um, about slavery. Um, because in a classroom, it's not going to be one set group of like all black kids. You're gonna have black kids. You're gonna have white kids. You're gonna have Asian kids. It's so wild too, bro. Yeah, bro. Being a predominantly white school, when we talked about slavery, I was sinking my feet. I was yes. 
we about to see. Because I was, I can tell you, I was literally the only black kid in my class. We talked about slavery. And I could mm-hmm. tell, like, I'm not saying everybody was looking at me like, oh, but I can tell, like, a dynamic. It shifted in the room. It was weird. I was like, black kid. Bro, exactly. Like, it was one of my, why? Why did they? I'm, I'm like, nah. It like low key make you not want to go to the next class because you know you got to cover that topic. Good. Yeah. Weeks. I'm like, man, I gotta sit through this. Like, everybody right. me with that. I'm sorry. Look. I'm like, yeah. And even with that, bro, it's like we're in the classroom. You learn about the slavery, but how many of those white kids who come from? I'm not saying all of them do, but like right. the bunch that does come from white parents who. Are um I'm not gonna say racist, but basically racist. <laughs> um, and they see that in their parents, and then they come to school the next day, and then they learn how, um, mm-hmm. black people were treated and was property of white people, and mm-hmm. that like further um that basically watered that seed that they saw from their parents' um actions, um, and I feel like, mm, that's that's a lot to dive into. Because, because with that information comes like that thought process of, okay, so this happened before in history. So if I act this way and my parents act this way, then exactly, um, and that's a whole nother subject, bro. (laughs) Yeah, we got way a lot more to talk about, man. But like, I also want to end it out on like this note. Like I say, not trying to offend nobody, but this is something that needs to be said something that needs to be touched on because it is very prevalent in today's climate and, mm. and it needs yeah. to be spoken. So I feel like more young black men and black men in general need to have a platform, need to have something to speak their mind on a daily basis because like, like how you feel a balloon up too much, it will explode. If you keep this stuff in, you keep thinking yeah. it every day, facing every day, saying every day, you don't say nothing, you don't express yourself, you will go off. And right. I feel like something like we are where we should support like, you know, mental health. We should support people speaking to people, like having somebody mm-hmm. can talk to about this stuff because like I say, not only do we have to worry about our families, we gotta worry about ourselves and our health because as black men we do face a lot in this world. I'm not saying all men don't, but black men gotta carry a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So definitely you gotta speak on these things and these things have to be heard. For sure. And um like like you said, we're not here to offend anybody. But if you were offended or you was touched by something that you heard, um, then that should let you know where you stand and like what you need to change. Right. Um, because if you heard something during this podcast and you was like triggered or like felt offended, then you are a part of that group that we're talking about. Um. Yeah, exactly so while we hope we don't offend anybody and we're using this platform as like a way to express our feelings and a way to express our opinions and to get it out there to like give ourselves a voice Mm -hmm. if it did happen then you know you're a part of that bunch and something needs to change within you um you don't have to come out right you don't have to let nobody know (laughs) um but if you're in that group then you know you will be held accountable for your actions and for how you are seen as far as like what goes on from here. And so, uh, one more thing before you know we yeah. end up. Just, 
I want to give a shout out to you know everybody that is out there on the front line. You know, oh, for sure, let, letting their voices be heard in a peaceful protest and just you mm-hmm. know speaking their minds on you know social media and everything like that. And also just for the ones who are out there, you know, the opportunities out there, man, just be vigilant and mindful of what you low key kind of stopping. These out, these are men yeah. out there really trying to you know make a difference and a change, and this is history right now. So if you're out there doing the right thing, keep doing it. But if you're not there for that reason, man, just just go home because you're you're doing more bad than you do. And if Fact. you can switch over to you know opposite side and really get your voices heard, please do. And you know everybody else out there, you know be safe because these are really crazy times, man. It's like especially everybody you know in California, you know, and it's it's really cracking down out there. So you know y'all be safe and everybody else just you know put a lot of prayers go out to y'all and take care of yourself. For sure. Um, thank you, bro, for giving me this block of time and having this talk. Um, we'll have we'll definitely have to link up again and do a second episode that um drops either later this week or next week. Um, for those of you who are still here in this past hour and you're still listening, thank you for listening to our opinions and listening to us express ourselves. Because if we don't talk out. And we don't speak up. Nobody else will. And um, we want to encourage everybody. We want to give everybody that option. So if you're listening and you want to give your own input, um, send me an email. My email is stephanlbrown at gmail.com. And you can find it in my Instagram post as well. Or reach out to my friend Jonathan. Give out right. your Instagram uh, handle, bro. All right, man. My email address is Jonathan C. 422 at gmail.com. Uh, again, I'll shoot it to Steph. He'll probably put it in his uh, post as well. But yeah, just reach out to me, man. If I got any feedback or just want to discuss something, I'm all for um, you know, feedback. And if you even want to you know, debate a little bit, I'm here for that too. So. For sure. <laughs> all right, y'all. So we're wrapping up the podcast right now. Um, see you guys next time. Thank you all for listening. Peace. Yes, sir. You too, bro. Bye. Thank you.